0: Welcome to Better Being Me. I am your host, Joanne Hatchard. Better Being Me is all about celebrating the neurodivergent woman, learning how to be safe and secure enough to drop the masking, embracing the true version of who you are. My goal is to share my stories and those of other neurodivergent people that prove we are not alone in our difficulties. And together, we can be celebrating how we have overcome our challenges and fully embrace our life. I want to promote our unique perspective of the world. Welcome to Alison Davies on Better Being Me's podcast. I am so super excited to be introducing this lovely, beautiful human into my podcast world because we have had connections along the way from having a yellow lady debug panel back only this year it felt like a lifetime ago back this year I've done her magic and the magic and medicine of music course which is inspirational and motivational and why I sing a lot more now I also met her in person so happily when she first arrived to Adelaide for the first visit. Um, she was supporting Meggie Den in <laughs> um Anxious Children and how to support them, how to support anxious children. And it was so nice to touch and feel it, person. <laughs> so My favorite awesome. thing.
1: Oh, sorry, I just inter- I just I just interrupted your intro, but I have to say the coolest thing about seeing you on that day at the conference was when Maggie's person, Carmen, said, okay, just go over there and they'll scan you. (laughs) And they were talking about just scanning the ticket in and you were like, what? (laughs) I was like, hang on, people are getting scanned? (laughs) And it's so funny how, like, spot the autistic people because (laughs) can you just go over there to be scanned means... Basically, like what happens at an airport, that's what happened in my mind.
0: Yeah, oh my god, that was brilliant! I remember, I remember my whole face dropped, yeah, and I turned to you, and we like held onto each other's hands, and then you've gone, Do you have a ticket? I'm like, Oh my god, so funny. Oh um, ticket
1: ticket, I've got that's funny. It is just so funny being autistic and and not understanding something and then getting it, and you're like, Oh my god, this that was a hilarious experience. Imagine uh, not being that way and not not getting those funny moments and Maggie Dance Lady I'm pretty sure she just stood there
0: and stared at us for a while
1: <laughs> she, did. she didn't understand that we didn't understand no. and when we got it she was like huh what so she had a hilarious moment too after that yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. but yeah it is it has been like a
0: little um joining of kindred spirits I feel um you're coming into my life So I'm very happy and very welcoming to, (laughs) welcome
1: Alison. Thanks for having me. That's one of my favorite welcomes. (laughs) Um, That was really lovely. I am stoked to be here. Thank you. (laughs) And I can see your eyes darting
0: around my background. It is rather busy, but that's, (laughs) we've got some knitting machine wool over here. Got some threads and stuff. I collect, I collect, I collect dead people's haberdashery.
1: (laughs) Me too. From the op shops? Yeah. And estate sales and stuff. Yeah. Oh, I've never been to an estate sale, but I go and get um, dead people's crochet hooks and knitting needles, even though I don't knit. Yes. So I have got this thing where for me, crocheting is like it's in English and knitting is like it's in Chinese. Yeah. 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 And crochet just happens so easily; it makes sense. But knitting, no, like I, I cannot remember that that thing round the hole and down the thing. Like, <laughs> the rhyme, there's a rhyme that goes with it. I don't remember it. I don't know what to do with a knitting needle, I but know. I collect like them. Yeah,
0: I have many dead people's stuff.
1: <laughs> okay. Um, but I, I, I only buy secondhand stuff, really. Yeah. So basically, my whole house is just filled with. Dead people's things. This actually taught, brings us nicely into <laughs> what we're about to talk about.
0: <laughs> yeah, I love the segue. <laughs> they are naturally flowing, but <laughs> yes. Yeah, so yeah, let's talk about dead for a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, your grandma died
1: over the weekend. The funeral. So my grandma died on Wednesday. Mm. Um. So one week ago. Mm. one week ago right now I was on my way to see her um my mum called me to say that she just died and no one was in town and so I live an hour away so I, and I, thankfully kids were at school so I didn't have to take them which felt really lucky um and so I just went over and uh, she was in a nursing home she was 97 she was very old she was very ready to die and it was a very lovely gentle I mean I don't know if it's gentle I don't know what happens mm. but from all accounts, uh, the staff came in and gave her some lunch and 15 minutes later came back and she died. So I'm picturing it as gentle. I'm picturing it as close her eyes and then just gently. Also, it's Beltane right now. So in my mind, because I follow the seasons, I think, oh, the veil is thin between the human realm and the afterworld, the other world. Beyond. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I also the thing I love in my mind about when I picture Grandma dying is that she just had. She said she'd like some lunch, so they brought her some lunch, and then she died straight up just after, right? Mm -hmm. So in my mind, I don't. Part of me wants to ask what the last supper was, but if I found out, it would because I am picturing champagne and strawberries (laughs) and lobster. Like I am picturing her having her last, just a sip of champagne and a strawberry and then closing her eyes and leaving, you yeah, know. A beautiful um, death banquet. But I can't, uh, I I know that if I ask them and they're like, oh, she just had a bit of stewed pears or a sandwich, I'd be like, no, <laughs> <laughs> no don't, do <laughs> you've ruined my, <laughs> my beautiful thing that I had going. Yeah. So grandma died a week ago. It was her funeral. On Monday, which was when we were meant to chat, and you mm. so graciously uh, pushed it back to today, and I think what I wanted, what are we going to talk like? Or oh, you ask the next question. <laughs> That's what happened. That's what happened. <clears throat>
0: so my question around death is: I find it really, like, I really do struggle to understand my reaction to it, um, and the fact that it is. Like the the emotional reaction I struggle to understand because logically I understand death. And as you said, your your grandma was 87 and and ready to go. But there is always an emotional response and it tends to hit me. Like I tend tend to get a delayed response. Funerals, full masking, the lead up full masking, lots of smiles and waves and giggles at stupid stories kind of thing and then, and then the grief was like a month later for me. How is how, how how many how many deaths have you gone through? I haven't gone through. I've gone through two big ones.
1: I haven't had um many. So grandma was my third big one. so my um my grandfather her husband died twenty years ago. And then um, one of my very best friends died two years ago. Um, this was a different situation, though, because she had Huntington's disease, which is a degenerative disease. It's a horrible, cruel thing. Yeah. And, uh, she'd been in a nursing home as well for probably almost ten. Oh, well, she'd been in in and out of care, and then permanently in the um, in a dementia unit for many, many years. And by the by the time she died, there was no. Um, there was no, she couldn't eat or move or talk or anything. There was just a light in her eyes. Like when I'd come in, there'd be a spark in her eyes, but she was very injured and she'd fall, she'd, she'd her body would, um, she'd fall, she'd fall out of bed and things. So she was, it was like, it was a relief. It was a real relief when she died. So I told myself that that's why I didn't feel really sad and I don't feel sad that Grandma died because she was ready, and she was ninety-seven. And what else happens when you're at that age? Like this is this is what life is. Um, it feels like it's the graduation or something. Like finally, she's made it. I don't know. It feels. Um, it feels just yeah. I don't know. The thing that confuses me. I'm a bit the same as you. I don't feel sad that they're gone. I do. I do feel that I sometimes feel tender and aware of the beauty of life and the, the the fragileness of life or the the how life can just change one minute she's alive and the next minute she's not. And that to me makes me feel uh, emotional and alive and tender and sentimental. And I don't get sentimental over things. But you know, when I went there after grandma died, I went and sat with her for an hour before anyone else arrived. And it felt I, I cried and I didn't feel sad, but it it felt I did feel tender and it felt like we were experiencing one of those moments in life that doesn't happen very often, like you know, a birth or a death. But it's a powerful kind of thing. So I think I fe- I felt wrapped up in the realness of the moment and I also felt it felt so great like for that hour that I sat with her there was no such thing as thinking about the bills no such thing about school pickup like nothing else was happening in my life I was just completely present and that doesn't happen often for me so it felt really bloody beautiful
0: yeah it's amazing how how, how peaceful it is when you get pulled into those kind of moments, isn't it? And it's it's yes. not something you can always manufacture yourself, but that 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 moment you really had no other choice rather than to be there, right?
1: Yeah. But the thing is, the thing that gets me after someone dies is that I never miss people. Mm. And this is also the same with, like, broken relationships that have ended that I've been in. Um, I've never, and friends, like, when friends move overseas or friends move into state, I always tell them, I'm probably never going to call you or text you ever. And I will think of you, and when you're in front of my face, I will love it like crazy, but I'm just, I just don't do long-distance relationships. But the truth of it, I think, is that for me it's it's an out of sight, out of mind thing mm. that I imagine is part of the ADHD or autism. I don't know. I get all those things mixed up now. <laughs> what bit goes with what? Who knows? Yeah. Um yeah, what bit goes with what's
0: debatable. Um I I I can completely agree with you. <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> like, and it's so nice not to miss people. I feel like this is a form of like it's presence. Like I'm not. Yep. I'm not thinking about someone I'm not relying on someone I'm not pining over someone mm. it feels nice to go that was that that was beautiful and now that's moved into a different way of being and now we're here or now they were there and now they're not and it just
0: yeah yes and it is hard to explain to someone that perhaps doesn't have those same mentalities like, you, I don't know about you, but sometimes I feel like I need to put on a show about how sad I am about something so that I blend. <laughs> but, yeah, if I will love you as hard and as fast as I possibly can when you're in front of me. And if you're not in front of me, that love doesn't go away. It's just that I, I have nowhere to express it.
1: Yeah, exactly. I feel the same. The thing that I struggle, the big part of me that is the performance in all of this, is me just nodding and smiling when people say things that do not make sense. Like, "Oh, he went too soon." (laughs) (laughs) soon, When was it meant to happen? Like, this this is
0: timeless that I didn't get. (laughs) Yeah,
1: or um, you know, I, I just. I just, I just turn around and imagine she's going to walk through that door. It's just something I'm like, what do you actually, I mean, yeah. Like ask, a,
0: a zombie version or like
1: 1950s yeah. version. There's a lot of cliche ish things like, that people say when someone dies, like, oh, she lived a good life. I'm like, what does that, because I can't accept anything. I won't agree with any, well, I do do a lot of people pleasing, so I, I do tend to agree with things that I believe in all the time. But if someone says she had a good life, in my mind I'm like, what are you actually saying? Like, yeah, she's a good person. Are you saying she had an easy life? Mm-hmm. Are you saying that she had, like, I just go into overdrive of, like, what's the actual sentiment here? Because um, when it comes to real talk, I can't, um, I can't, like I need to unpack it yeah there's no point small talk so okay this is small talk all right I'll just say yes Smile yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think
0: one of my um things that I've had to let go of because it causes pain in other people is when the person who has died ter- turns miraculously into a saint like yes <clears throat> like I'm I miss this person and Blah, blah blah I'm like well that's not the person I met who did you meet because the person I met was a bit of an asshole, actually and I'm not real sad that that bit of them is gone um but I've had to let that go because nobody really likes to remember somebody <clears throat> it's like I'm an arsehole yeah <laughs> well, yeah basically
1: yes. Basically. <laughs> People, even if they had like the worst relationship and they were never friends, or they were on again, off again, or they were enemies, or whatever, they'd be like, "He was a good man. He was a really good man." Right. There's no space there for. um It's almost like it's disrespectful of the dead to remember that your actual relationship with them. Yeah, yeah,
0: and, and that's I've I've stopped having I've stopped reminding people. <laughs> because It's not appreciated, but it is something that I needed to work through for myself. To though, we'll let them grieve how they need to grieve, Mm. and if it is enshrining somebody in characteristics that they didn't have when they were alive, then okay, so be it. Like I'm, I'm trying not to correct somebody on how they're grieving.
1: Yeah, totally. Because I'm all, I am all for everybody grieving in the way they need to and very, very aware of that. And I would never judge someone else. It's just my own experience of it. It's in my own head. I'm like, well, why do you say things like that? And, and one thing I do sometimes feel um, confused about or maybe a bit shameful about even, which even though I deeply accept my neurodivergence and the way I think and who I am, I sometimes do wonder if this absence of real feelings <laughs> is a problem like it's not that I have an absence, <laughs> it's not that I have an absence of real feelings mm. I think I just have a different version of feelings that don't always feel like feelings
0: I 100% agree with you because it's not that I don't have feelings but what triggers those feelings or what enacts those like enact the experience of feelings is different to you know the knee-jerk reaction of I'm meant to be feeling something now but I'm I'm not so maybe I'll just smile and wave sometimes I get it right sometimes I get it wrong I think I think in that regard because you experience things in so many different capacities like your music that brings up real feelings for you and like your synesthesia you've spoken about previously where numbers are colors and so that is to me that is an emotion that is a feeling and while you may not be experiencing a feeling in the prescribed manner that has been taught to us from fairy tale to you know romance stories etc cetera, etc cetera, um i think Embracing all of who you are is it that is your feeling process. Like that oh. passion that you feel around music, that the synesthesia that you have, all yeah. of those are embracing feelings. And it's just the trigger of how we have those feelings is different for us, I think.
1: Yeah, that is so true. And I and it's like what you said about the prescribed feelings that we see all around us, like in stories and and movies, from from the moment where Old enough to, you know, think about stuff. We're like being force fed these ideas of what love looks like, etc. I said to my husband once, "I don't actually know if I love you because I don't know what it feels like, but all I know for sure is that I have the feeling of feeling in control or not in control, and that informs every other feeling I'm having."
0: Yeah.
1: And so my husband and our relationship and our marriage. Creates a way for me to really feel like I am in control, mm. and I don't know if that's love. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'm not saying that I'm using him because he helps me feel in control, mm. I'm not like I feel so. The moment I met him, I was like, Oh, I've been waiting for you. It was an instant, it was like, just boom, there yeah. you are, and the same from him, yeah. And um, he and yeah, so it's it's definitely a very real thing. But mm. I can't work out what the actual, because it's, it's not like in the movies, that feeling you're meant to have. I don't feel that feeling. I just no, feel in no. control or out of control. And when I feel when we together and he supports me to create an environment in which I feel in control, I just feel such gratitude and what I would call love. Mm, close enough. <laughs>
0: <laughs> close enough. Uh, With- I think yeah there like nobody has ever explained or described love to me either and it is such a it seems to be such a pinnacle path that we are meant to be traipsing along like our journey in life is to be part of the family and feel loved and then become independent and find other people that love us and then expand our community by creating a family that love us like this is meant to be love 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 but nobody said well, actually, it's when your nose tingles and your little lip twitches. Um, but I, I I, know the boom. Like, I know the boom. I remember looking at my partner and he was dressed as the town drunk for Halloween. <laughs> and I looked at him and I, I remember the snap in my head. Like, I remember the snap going, oh, he's it. I'm like, okay. <laughs> what? So if there's ever another snap that goes, no, he's not it anymore, then I
1: guess I know. But yeah. I've just gone, all right, <laughs> so that's that's the snap. Right. And I wonder if this comes from an evolutionary survival mode, like the snap, the boom, yes, you're it. Uh, I just knew I needed this man in my life and or specifically I feel to have a family with and to have mm-hmm. children with. And I don't know if I could have, I've, you know, I've had lots of amazing ex-boyfriends in my life who I thought I would stay with or have children with, not all of them, but, um, yes. <laughs> you know, Like I now that I know what parenting is like and what I need and who I am, there's no way it would have worked for me with anyone else. And you know what, I'm going off track. I don't know what the track is. However, <laughs> I have had wonderful partners in the past, but they have emotional needs. And I'm not there for that. Like I can't be someone who can hold space for my partner's emotional needs. <laughs> like I can do I, it with friends. Yeah. But not my partner. I mean, yeah. I I can do it. I can hold space for my husband's emotional needs because they're very minimal. <laughs> 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 and straightforward. And they're and not complex. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I remember. Like, So we're going to go backwards. We're going to go from death to love and maybe into birth later on. But (laughs) (laughs) My partner, Brad, he is the same. Like he would be the typical stoic. Like if we had a definition of stoic, then that is him. Like he, but more than that, he responds to my needs. Like he sees my needs before I see my needs, which is probably beneficial for our family. And I don't know about you, but sometimes... I need to be acting out something before I realize, hey, I'm angry or I'm frustrated or I'm happy or I'm 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 getting a little bit too excited right now and I need to bring it down again. Like it's the behavior that informs me rather than a feeling in my body.
1: Yeah, I'm like that with sensory overwhelm. Mm. Like Leighton will say, I think you need a hot bath or I think you need to do this. Go put your headphones on and listen to a podcast or and I'm like, oh yeah, of course. I'm I'm deeply overwhelmed right now, you know. And it, it's not until sometimes he points those things out, but it's almost always sensory related for me. Mm-hmm. And I don't realize why I'm struggling or why I'm unable to do the things or why I'm just like on the kitchen floor in tears. And then I'm like, I can't cope with the world. I can't live in this house. I just can't even look anywhere because I feel like I'm just sticky. Yeah. And he's like like okay just <laughs> just go listen to a podcast like, yeah. oh, I think, I think that's
0: all yeah it's amazing <laughs> isn't it so maybe that's the boom maybe that's a snap that's the world saying this person is the one who gets, that's gonna fill in the gaps for you
1: yeah you know what and the other thing about him is that when I realized I was autistic I was 36 and uh I I woke up during the night, I had a dream and in the dream I realized I was autistic and I woke up with a boom, another boom, like, whoa, what? Like, like actually in the movies, like I actually sat up like they do in the movies. And then I was like, oh my gosh, I'm autistic. And then I laid back down and I spent the whole rest of the night just going over my whole life and everything made sense. And my biggest fear was that in the morning when I wake up, when Leighton wakes up and I tell him about this, he won't believe it or he'll, (laughs) He'll be hesitant, or he'll, yeah. Even the slightest, like, mm, would have I would have like hated it. Mm. Um, but from the moment I told him, he was like, "Oh, whoa!" Like he was just—he believed it. He was happy. He was excited. Like he didn't question it once, even though he didn't know anything. I don't think he didn't question it because he—he he understood because he knows a lot about autism. Because he didn't, mm. Mm. Um, and he just didn't question it no um, without even really understanding it he fully believed me yeah that's the person you need right that's that's like that's what dreams are made of that's (laughs) that's opposite of gaslighting whatever the opposite of gaslighting is it's just being completely believed
0: yeah 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 and that is love like that is unconditional Love. love isn't it so maybe yes you do love and understand what love is. It's just that it's not um the warm, fuzzy feeling that we see growing in movies, you know? Because I'm 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 always very weird about well the heart's not actually feeling anything. What's feeling is this space here for me, like my head. That's where that's where all the action is. <laughs> and if it gets to my heart and my heart aches and something seriously has gone wrong. Like it Yeah. It's only happened once <laughs> that I remember. Mm. But it's amazing how these oh. kind of moments pull us into the present, isn't it? Like yeah, those boom moments.
1: Oh, totally. Yeah. And, and I guess whatever I feel, we're the only ones talking about this. Mm. I mean, there's probably, probably who knows how many people at my grandma's funeral yesterday are confused about their feelings as well and wondering why I'm not feeling this or why I should be feeling this maybe everyone thinks that maybe and maybe they just don't talk about it I don't know if there's a normal way of feeling and then everyone else is feeling something a variation of it and wondering like what's Mm -hmm. what's my head (laughs) (laughs) maybe maybe the movies and the stories came up with this thing that this is how you're meant to feel and maybe no one actually feels it and everyone at the funeral is having their own emotional experience just because they're humans, but not necessarily no. sadness or loss or grief.
0: I don't know how to. I don't know how to do. I don't know what to do with that. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't
1: know. I think you could but be true. I went to no um, finding that out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to interview everyone. <laughs> <laughs> <Did> <laughs> everyone interview
0: who was on the, the exit people. now? How? Where are you feeling that? And they'll be like, Yeah.
1: Oh. <laughs> And we we all know that they're just going to say the right thing
0: anyway. Yeah, liars. <laughs> um, I went to Brian Cox's. Um, I, I can't even remember what it's called now. It was like the universe, the beginning of the universe. Anyway, it was an awesome thing where we got to see the photos of the Hubble, of like of the galaxy, and that oh. just blows my mind because that's the, the wet, the, like the breadth of space, I cannot even comprehend. And you've just done the same thing to my mind. Like I cannot, you can't comprehend how big space is and then how small we are in comparison. But the, um the comforting thing was, well, we're all insignificant and that was okay. Cause then I don't have to worry about anybody else's shit. I just need to worry about my shit. And maybe that's going to be the same as at the funeral is if they're all, if I'm going to be worried about everybody else's feelings, then maybe that's too much for me. But if I'm, if I'll just focus on me.
1: Yeah. And all our feelings, emotions are just quite literally energy in motion. So all of of us are just humans having a human experience, but the emotions, because we're all in like a church together, The emotions Mm. that move through one are then going to move through the next and that we're all going to be experiencing this collective emotional response. And so I think that's why we all cry and that's why we all, like, regardless of how I cognitively feel, Mm. I'm having a collective group emotional experience. Oh, yes. I mean, yeah, that's even one-on-one with someone else who's upset, you know, we, we take on that. Mm. Yeah. Feel it. And it's
0: very confusing. Not knowing that that's what's happening is really confusing. I remember being at my uncle's funeral and I hadn't met him for years and years and years. And my dad was behind me and he is not a man that cries, but I could just feel his sadness and I'm a crier. So it doesn't take much for me to just sob like openly. And it wasn't because I was sad that this person had passed because I like nothing in my life was changed.
1: Yeah.
0: But like the sob that came out of me it it really just it was like an oppressive urge to get something out.
1: Does that make sense? Yeah. I I talk a lot as well. You would have heard me talk about inducing tears. Oh yeah using emotions. And I think because we we often, there'll be something in our life that happens that does impact our life all the time, just small things, mm-hmm. and we just don't cry about them because it's just like, you know, something that's random that's happened in the moment um, that we wouldn't cry about, but it has impacted us. And we have those things happening all the time. And if we don't release emotion regularly, then it will come out at a time, like at a funeral, because a funeral is just a big in two, induced tear fest yeah. basically and so i reckon that the people at the funeral are not just crying for grandma or your uncle they're crying because they're in an emotional place a community of people who are all teary so everyone's having this teary experience but i reckon they're crying about the uh, the things that have happened in their day and their week and their year that are just still pent up inside yeah yeah they don't have to be thinking about those things but the pent-up emotion from all those things is inside waiting to get outside mm. and you go to a funeral and it's acceptable to cry and people around you are crying and all of a sudden you find yourself crying and you're just releasing yeah. all sorts of things yeah yeah so healthy um we should just go to funerals every night. Say,
0: do we like just drop into random funerals and have a like a little cry and then hugs because hugs are all around and I love hugs I really I'm really, a big them. hugger so lots of hugging and then you get to cry a little bit more
1: Maybe yeah that's like
0: a new therapy like funeral
1: that, therapy that uh it's there's something in that like I don't think it's actually appropriate however it would be really efficient effective yes like a little weekly funeral drop by yeah we should we should like create a new business
0: <laughs> well maybe maybe it would be more appropriate if like there was like a lonely person who passed away and had nobody come to the funeral
1: yeah I would It'd go be, like rent a crowd and I would actually cry for their loneliness as well yeah. like for real yeah because yeah. I even if I'm not having the feeling myself I can cry for the humanness of other people and their experiences, even when I don't get it, even if they're saying things like, um, oh, he he had a great life or whatever. I mean, I understand what that means in its basicness. But then I feel annoyed that the other person has said something basic. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'm like, well, I unpack it. But then I can go into understanding their humanness. Mm. And I can feel that for them. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> I remember when my nana passed away, we'd made, I I, I, I walked into her house because I spent a lot of time with my grandparents and I walked into their house once and she was sorting out her drawers, like her paperwork and stuff. And I said, what are you doing? It's a beautiful day. You could be doing anything else. She goes, I'm just a little bit worried that when I die that they're not going to be all sorted. And I'm like, well, don't you worry about that. I'm on it. That is what I will do when you pass away. I will sort out your stuff because I love doing it anyway, so it wasn't a problem. <laughs> but I, um, when she did pass away, the first thing I got home was I started to unpack her drawers. <laughs> but Mum wasn't quite ready for me to be doing that, and I forgot <laughs> that I forgot that Mum exists and that you know her mother has just passed away, and yep. so she kind of like went. <laughs> Uh, Joanne, what do you think you're doing? And I'm I'm fulfilling my promise that I gave to Nana that I will sort out her drawers. And she didn't have to worry about it. And I assumed from that moment on that she never worried about her drawers because that was my responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. Not, you just forget other people sometimes.
1: (laughs) I I definitely, I think it's definitely a case of forgetting that other people exist rather than discarding other people's feelings. But I think other people see it as, You haven't considered my feelings. But I just forget. I genuinely forget. If someone isn't in front of me, I really do forget they exist. Even my own kids. Like, uh, Leighton has to tell me that it's time for school pick-up because it won't occur to me. Mm. Like, in in those hours when I'm not, when they're not there, I genuinely don't, my mind just doesn't go to them. Like, I don't, Mm. there's no perception of that reality yeah and as much as it can make sometimes I I feel a bit that I think I used to feel a bit of shame around that as well like that and the not feeling feelings the way I think I should feel them made me think maybe I'm like a cold mother No, I'm not but um it's it's really there's a lot of good as well that comes from just being an out of sight out of mind person because I can be just be like I'm here in this conversation with you now and I don't even know what else is going on in the world and it's just um, or else I can be daydreaming and this is my my biggest reality I'll just be in my head the kids will be talking to me I won't hear I don't even know they're there <laughs> I'm just in my daydream in my head and I'm having a scenario in my head mm. um, and that's my whole reality. <laughs> And it's not very practical, but it's bloody nice.
0: Yeah. it Yeah, not very practical. I do have an alarm to tell me when school pickup is, so that helps me bring it back down. And there is that danger of living too much in the imaginary, right? So I don't know about you, but I've I've kind of, I love efficiency and I love effectiveness. Beautiful things. And what I don't like is, having to be anywhere on time for time because it's frustrating and it builds up a stress but having to having to be motivated by what is happening is easier to live with than knowing that this alarm means i need to do this one thing mm-hmm. and it's like straddling the two worlds like, I know the world will continue and to be on time for an appointment, then all of this needs to happen. But I am so happy in my imagination. And it sounds like Leighton's your um, alarm. <laughs> That'd be right.
1: Yeah, because if I had an alarm, I'd actually smash it. Yeah. <laughs> I just, alarms are like my nemesis and reminds yeah. Like, I don't talk to Siri or anything. Like Also, I, I think I'm a bit old-fashioned. <laughs> I, there's a lot of technologies that I just refuse to embrace. Like, mm. my parents at their house have this gate that opens automatically when you call it. When you call so it, it's got a phone number. <laughs> You've got call. You know what happens? The gate, there's a phone number for the gate. And you ring the phone number, and the gate opens. And so, this is like, Some kind of you know modern technology. Yeah. Fine, fine, but I'm not putting that gate's phone number in my phone. Like I hands down refuse to save gate in my mobile. So Leighton has gate saved (laughs) in his mobile, and everyone else will call gate to open. (laughs) But I did not ask for that kind of technology in my life. I did not ask to be part of a world that call the gate by a phone like I, everything about it I act, I just refuse to be part of that kind of technology yeah and so I will park on the road instead of having the like <laughs> <the road. laughs> which is not a big deal but everyone thinks it's everyone's like oh Ali won't call the gate I'm like you go like what do you think?" <laughs> Who are we that it's normal to call the gate? So there are things like even alarm clocks. Like so, the gate is a is a very kind of That's pretty high tech, yeah, high tech version of this scenario. But the no, no, no alarm for me. No, I did not ask to be part of a world. It's even with text messaging. Yeah, I did not. I did not consent to this. Mm. I just didn't consent to having a text sent to me that I then have to reply to. Mm-hmm. Well, you text me, but I'm probably not going to even read it. <laughs> it's, it's non-consensual technology. And I feel like <laughs> I'm like what we used to, I remember we used to laugh at grandma and pa. like back in the day, grandma bought a microwave. This must've been the eighties. Maybe yeah. grandma bought a microwave and Pa was like, auntie, like, no way it tastes different i'm not eating anything that comes out of the microwave He only wanted it cooked in the oven right mm. so grandma started just tricking him and pretending she was cooking in the oven but she was doing it in the microwave and he had no idea didn't taste different or he didn't notice but we were laughing about how cynical old people are with you <laughs> and so maybe i'm that person but i also don't eat it out of a microwave so yeah because I- it
0: does taste funny <laughs> <laughs>
1: And um, I, yeah, maybe maybe I'm just that person who refuses to go there, but I, I just feel that um, that's, that's just a weird part of the world that I can't get involved in, like text messaging, um, even messenger threads, you know, the family know, yeah. messenger threads and stuff. Oh, so like you write something, s- someone else will write something and everyone will comment on it and then you write something and all you get is a love heart emoji. And I'm like... <laughs> Why is, <laughs> is mine oh, yeah. yeah like that that was a cop out <laughs> I don't understand how to communicate on here but I feel like you just copped out by giving me a love heart emoji instead of like actually responding. responding with the words so I just can't be part of this place.
0: <laughs> so you're just <laughs> noping out of there. I am I, I love tech technology and I love all the gadgets and all the bits and pieces. But (laughs) (laughs) calling a gate might be like, I might just sit there with my phone one day and open and close the (laughs) gate. You're like, who's this number you keep calling? Oh, that's a gate. (laughs) I don't know how much time you spent on farms, but having to call a gate, that would have been so much quicker than getting in and out of a damn truck.
1: (laughs) Definitely. But you got to call it. And then you got to wait for it. It actually answers. What does it say? Um, oh, I wish I had my husband's phone right here now, and I could call it and see what was <laughs> happening. Um, but reason? I don't. Can I call it? I, I don't know the number. Oh. So if you call, when you call it, it's you got to wait for the ring. Like in yeah. the end, it would be easy to jump out of the car, open the gate, drive through, close the gate, jump back in, and off you go. That would be quicker, I think, because you have to like you have to get your phone out then you have to scroll through to g find gate and then ring it you got to wait for it to ring it rings like once and then i think it just goes to a recorded message saying opening or something but then it's a slow open open. It, it doesn't just whip open it's like a slow moving could you
0: imagine if you could record the message though we had yeah we had a card that my grandpa recorded his voice into, like it was a Valentine's Day card for Nana. And, like, mm-hmm. after he passed away, about 10 years later, I opened it up, heard his voice and just crumbled into tears. Wouldn't that be awesome if we could have Nana opening the gate?
1: <laughs> be like, oh, hi, Ali, I'm just opening the gate now. Oh, <laughs> I would love that. That, if that would be awesome. that was the case, I'd call it. Yeah, that's right.
0: Otherwise, opening. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's just this, Um, I get a bit like, I don't know what it is. I think the more tech there is, the more I fear that I will experience sensory overwhelm. Mm -hmm. so every new tech that i encounter is just a step closer to something that feels very sensory difficult sensorily difficult for me even though that gate in itself probably isn't a sensory problem for me but it's an indicator of things that are changing that make that yes they're meant to happen to make your life easier um but technology for me has ultimately led to lots of sensory my sensory um difficulties are really like one of my biggest struggles in life Mm -hmm. um and so I think maybe from an evolutionary point of view newness and changes in the way that systems work and stuff um my brain's like hang on what what's going to happen next yeah Um,
0: because it is it is like a step further away from the end result like from farm to table kind of thing as soon as you start introducing technology you're getting further and further removed from the process yeah like you said calling the gate although i mean i would have got shits and giggles out of it for hours (laughs) (laughs) but it it, it is just an experience of getting out of the truck opening the gate and then just hanging around and then closing the gate and then oh closing the blah 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 like There is a removal from the actual thing that we're doing. Yeah. And same with like using the microwave for cooking. I, my, my son eats pies like 24 seven mainly and we cook them in the microwave, but the food that comes off the oven tastes better. (laughs) Like it, it just does. And it's almost like that technology is, and I know you love the, the most simplest processes possible like very mother earthy is your vibe kind of thing. So the more technology you're introducing, the further and further away you're getting from that um, process. Maybe that's something about it.
1: Yeah. I think that's definitely something to do with it as well. And also uh, um, technology means that things don't happen in the moment and then they're gone unless you're on Snapchat, I guess, and things disappear in 24 hours. However, you know, like if someone texts you, like back in the day, if someone called you when you weren't there, oh they missed you. Fine. Yeah. It's done. That experience is over. Now, if someone texts you, it's there's still an expectation on you to reply. And I don't have the capacity to function in the world on getting all the things done. I get a bare minimum done. You know, I really don't, I really don't even get food or meals done or like. You know, I have floor drobes. My 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 floor is my wardrobe and all the kids' rooms and everywhere. There's just I just everything, I just drop everything on the floor. There's no, and I don't like that because that's a sensory problem for me too. But I just can't get shit done. And so <laughs> I can't come. There's it adding text messages or anything extra in the mix where it's still there waiting for you, even if I'm like, right, I'm gonna ignore it today. Whilst I just try and cope with life, it's still there tomorrow. It's, it's still, still there. Life, it, this thing, this experience, never ends because there's an expectation on me to be part of it non-consensually. I should <laughs> reinforce, and so it just feels very like um, not something I can be part of.
0: <laughs> which would you like the quill and the homing pigeon back, or are we? <laughs>
1: I want the quick quotes quill so it just writes down you know the quick quotes quill from Harry Potter (laughs) my kids my kids Harry Potter is a special interest in our house of of my kids so therefore my husband and I know everything about it they have a quick quotes quill which just writes quotes on her behalf and she doesn't have to do anything (laughs) who just writes the quotes just right.
0: <laughs> like an auto replyer. Yeah. Oh, I had. <laughs> I turned on auto reply to. I think on one of my Instagram things, and I assumed it just sent the first auto reply the first time they contacted me, but every conversation that my friends had, they'd get this auto reply, and I was like, <laughs> just every second conversation was this auto reply. I'm like, no, no, no. That's that's no, no, no.
1: <laughs> that's not right. Bring back down. I I have an auto reply on my DMs or, or at least on my messenger on Facebook. That's where most mm. of my people are. But then if I get an auto reply from someone else, I'm like, oh, how rude. <laughs> <laughs> Not how rude, but just like, oh, how annoying. I'm, like, how, <laughs> I'm just going to delete that message because I just don't want it there. And then <laughs> I do it to other people. Oh, it's so
0: weird. Expectations. Yeah, I think there is a big balance between the expectations of what we create for other people and what we expect. There's always a big divergence between the two. And, and that's where our angst and by where are, I mean, like the neurodivergent people, that that balance between our expectations of ourselves and of others, the bigger the gap, the more stress we might find.
1: Yeah totally i still feel very much like i'm allowed to do things and it's acceptable and and necessary when i do do them but if someone else does the same thing it's unacceptable yeah. and, and i still i recognize that that doesn't make sense that is cognitive dissonance but i don't even care
0: <laughs> beautiful.
1: So if someone doesn't text me back i'll be annoyed you're timing
0: them. Like, how come, what were you doing for that long that you didn't get back to me? But
1: I never text people. Oh, but I do text people when I need something in that moment. Oh, like, right. I don't yeah. text you about, oh, what 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 about coffee next week? Like, mm-hmm. no. However, if I need something in that moment, like, desp- like, oh, can you tell me such and such as number or something that has to happen right then? <laughs> can you, know, you call like, the gate? <laughs> why, don't they, why don't they have their hand on their phone? Like, why yeah. isn't this happening in me time? Oh yeah.
0: Yeah. That's a big conversation to have, isn't it? The me time and the world time. Ooh. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I've had that conversation with a lot of my clients actually. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, a, it's a thing. Um, yeah. Now I did want to know when we were talked on the um, yellow ladder bug panel, we talked about washing machines and the washing Ugh. Did you get a front loader washing machine or a top loader washing machine?
1: We've got a front loader washing machine. Which one's better?
0: Front loader? Front loader because you can leave that in there longer without it starting to smell.
1: Oh. Because it's like waterlogged. Oh. Is that why? Yeah. Oh, that's good news. Well, that's what we have. Yay. Yay. But it's mostly my husband who does the washing because he, he remembers. To take it out. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, he remembers to do it as well. Like I forget to do it and forget to take it out and forget to hang it out and forget to bring it in. Yeah. But one, one thing I will do is fold it. I will fold it up and put it in piles, but then I won't put the piles away and the then the piles get trashed and all that end up on the floor. And that's yeah. where the floor droves. Why the floor drove exists. But I do do the folding because I'll I'll put like a podcast on or I'll put like an episode of something on my desktop and then I'm just folding. It's very relaxing actually folding the clothes. I love folding the clothes. Yes. Yeah, but I do it in a way I often will do it on the couch and then leave the piles there. And then I get angry at the kids for coming in barreling onto the couch and knocking all my piles over that took me two hours.
0: Yeah. How dare you use the furniture how it is meant to? It
1: is currently holding our laundry yes Yes. Yeah. um and then it just doesn't occur to me to put it away like that, <laughs> that that is also a non-consensual part of the process I just wanted to fold it so, somebody
0: can finish it off yeah I'm really good at the middle bit not so great at the start not so good at the ending but the middle process I'm it I am it
1: in a bit And then both my kids are also ADHD so we don't they don't finish things or put things away either and so we're just I remind myself that this is our culture mm-hmm. that it's okay. But I do sometimes feel sad about um, having to like wade through any <laughs> <laughs> rooms, you have to wade through piles <laughs> and stuff. I
0: back. think that's where my sensory starts is if my environment is cluttered, then I get frustrated but also I am in charge of that clutter.
1: <laughs> Me too. And it's a, just a it's a dreadful cycle of like not being overwhelmed from the clutter, but but then consequently not being able to do anything about it because you're in overwhelm. Hmm. And that's why I find myself so often just on the floor just going, I can't live in this house. I, I like I can't even open my eyes. And that's when my husband's like, okay, let's. Just do something and and he cleans and and then you, you know, the bam mm-hmm. uh, beautiful. <laughs> we covered a lot of good topics today.
0: <clears throat> we have. I feel like it's kind of come to a natural conclusion, which is nice because I'm pretty bad at finishing stuff.
1: <laughs> oh, me too. I hate saying goodbye. Anytime I do a video, I'm like, okay, bye. 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 and then but I'm not like some people doing a full outro oh like yeah
0: they
1: actually have a spiel what's uh, your spiel do you have a spiel oh, I don't have one I'm terrible I just always go okay um oh, all right well see ya okay bye and then I blow kisses <laughs> and I'm like okay bye like I just ending is hard <laughs> <for me. laughs> it's not an ending it's just
0: a pause in this conversation and we shall return momentarily. In the future, how's that?
1: One day, when you day. Yeah.
0: <laughs> we will be at your funeral. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right, that's probably not the best place
1: to end. Especially a lonely person who doesn't have any friends, we will come. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really, like, I actually think this, that's a very therapeutic idea, and I wonder if there are people, like, I wonder if there are lonely people who go to people's funerals for a sense of connectedness. A sense of, Well, it could be, I guess. You no, know, the world's pretty big. I mean, there's probably some people doing it somewhere.
0: Somewhere. I know they do it like wedding crashes with a whole movie. Maybe we could do, like, funeral crashes and see how that goes probably easy because people tend to ask less questions at funerals don't they
1: yeah but they'll be like as long as you don't try and make small talk with the family afterwards yeah because the family (laughs) wants to avoid this is what I found on Wednesday even though you know I loved all grandma's friends and there were there were lots of people there I knew and it was nice but I was still like walking around like making sure I didn't get eye lock eyes with anyone yeah 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 so that's what happened. so you could easily go to someone's funeral and even go in afterwards for a little sandwich
0: yeah sandwiches are the best it's a finger food <clears throat> and for church lady i don't know if you're a, a grandma went to church but for some reason church food tastes good
1: <laughs> oh it was great yeah it was church and you know the ladies who made who provided the food afterwards are from the church mm-hmm. All i'm talking like the the sponge cake was cwa Oh. It was like soft. I had about three pieces of sponge cake because it was just light as a cloud. It's amazing,
0: isn't it? Like that CWA ladies. They they've got to be getting on now because I haven't seen a young one for a long time.
1: Yeah, it was good, and they had just amazing old lady food, like you know, yeah. like the red the the red lemmingtons with the cream in the middle jelly cakes, and,
0: beautiful. Lovely. Yeah, whatever
1: they called. Yeah, and just um. Yeah, all, all the
0: usuals. I would have loved to have crashed your grandma's funeral.
1: Yeah.
0: It sounds yeah. like a beautiful beautiful place to be. <laughs> <There> it was. <laughs> oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> well, then there's the alarm. <laughs>
1: it's time to say
0: goodbye. It's time to say goodbye thank you so very much Ali it's been an amazing conversation and I'm sure we'll chat again in the future all got lots of amazing stuff happening that we didn't talk about um that
1: was really enjoyable I would I just love to talk shit and you know what not many other people will talk like the way we have today there's not that many people in my life who I could just talk like that with and cover that many topics, and really, like, we solved a lot of the problems of the world. Really, I think so.
0: And created a new business.
1: Yeah, yeah. Thank you.
0: So that's amazing. Thank you. Love it. Now this is the awkward moment in
1: time. <laughs> okay, we'll, we'll count to three and then say goodbye. One, okay. two, bye, bye. <laughs>